Instead of uniting in grief after the Nashville Christian school shooting, it felt like in many ways the cultural and spiritual clash just accelerated in our country. Is there hope for national healing? Can we take steps back from the cultural chaos? Welcome to Speak Up Virginia, equipping you to speak up on the life, family, and freedom issues that matter most to you. From the Family Foundation, I'm your host, Candy Cushman, with our president, Victoria Cobb. Well, good morning, Victoria. It's great to have you back with us. We missed you. Now, you were in South Carolina for a policy conference, but I want to know what you did outside of the policy conference. <laughs> yeah, we were down there for a social conservative conference. And um, yeah, I hate to say it. There's not a whole lot of time <laughs> they packed the schedule so full. We did do a river cruise, kind of like a little outing one night, dinner on the water, and went past Fort Sumter, of course, because if you're down in Charleston, that's kind of what you do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, not a whole lot. We did hit Bucky's on the way down, which um, you know is pretty rare on the East Coast. You know, there's not a lot of them. <laughs> and one of our team members, Josh, did not know what a Bucky's was, yeah. had not been to a Bucky's, I guess. So yeah. um, we felt the need to stop and show him Bucky's. And I think I think he liked it. You know, he's a meat guy and, you know, they do a lot of food there. What <laughs> so, was your impression? Um, you know, I've done Bucky's before. I think it's just, you know, I mean, there's a lot. My kids like it's the merch. Bucky's, so I had to bring back candy with Bucky's on it yeah. just because they like the merch. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what my husband and I stopped at one for the first time. And um, I don't know. I just kind of felt like it was overrated. I was kind of expecting more like a unique localized experience. And it just felt like a little bit of the whole tourist trap thing again to me. So, I'm a little was, fascinated by their business model. I just can't imagine that many, you need that many gas pumps and that big yeah. of a store. Like it, but somehow it's working. Like I'm just kind of fascinated by that concept. You know what, you know what was nice about it? it was It was just a family friendly place to yes. eat and just, it had a really great environment. Yeah. So that part is good when you're traveling. Yeah. <laughs> you have kids. For sure. Well, I know one of the things that you did when you got back was speak to more than 30 pastors in the Richmond area. I know that because I was speaking with you. And, you know, this horrific um, Christian school shooting in Nashville had just happened when we were speaking to these pastors. And it, and it just so turned out that the theme for that speaking event was hope in the cultural chaos. Yeah, I mean, honestly, um, we were we're all still reeling from what we've seen and what we know about what happened in Nashville, and just struggling through the death of six people, um, three of whom were children. Um, you nine know, years old. nine years yeah. old. Um, as a mom with a nine-year-old in a Christian school, mm -hmm. um, and I know there's just moms everywhere that are feeling this, and heads of school that are feeling this, and um, so it's just a it's just a difficult moment. But you know, the reality is this year. Um, starting sort of calendar year, there's been an average of one school shooting a week. Um, so we have a, a mess on our hands um, with what's going on in our culture. And so, I mean, we have to ask questions. What What is going on in our culture that we have this level of, of just utter depravity is what I would say. But I mean, just the devastation happening on a somewhat regular basis, if I can say that, that's just yeah. horrible. And I thought one of the points you made that was just so powerful at this event where we're talking about hope in the cultural chaos was that someone that goes in and, and shoots up a school um, is basically pretty much had indicated in advance that they wanted death by cop, as they say. That person is hopeless. Yeah, I mean, this is the ultimate example of a hopeless society. No one does that 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 has any hope because they know exactly what the outcome is going to be, and they um, decided to take human life um, in that whole process. I mean, there's that's that's devastation, and I think it's 
really noteworthy. We have to mention that this is the fifth of ever biological female that is a mass shooter. And the fact that a female is going into a school and shooting children, uh, that's pretty stunning. Yeah, I think that's a key point, and I really want to hit on that a little bit later because I want to talk about the angst that is facing our young women. And I'm not saying that um, this is connected to, to women and shooting, but I'm, I'm just, our young women are in crisis right now, and, and that does have fallout. I want to talk about that more. I also want to talk about that uh, the indications that this was a biological female that apparently was identifying as male at one point. So... I think we need to talk about that. Um, but I will say I was very disturbed by the heated rhetoric, how fast it heated up hours after this happened when we should have all been uniting around grieving, comforting each other, the families. And I understand that there are things, there are important debates to be had um, when something like this happens. But, you know, just just in a few days, we should be focusing on the healing here, uniting, and that, and we seem to be having so much trouble doing that as a nation. It was disturbing to see that. Um, it, you know, it didn't take long for moments like what we saw happen at the Tennessee Capitol. Let's just uh, look at that clip for a minute. <laughs> And to be fair, it wasn't just one side of the aisle that some of these over-the-top reactions were coming from. I did see people claiming to be conservative that were giving what I thought were unhelpful or just lacked compassion, uh, lack of compassion in their responses. And I, I just think um, sometimes it's easy to fall into this spin cycle where you're just going into... Uh, you see a lot of people just trying to to go into who can do the most catchy soundbite in response to this for their own purposes, their own agendas, and it becomes the cycle that we just seem to fall into over and over. And I just think as Christians, it's very important that we be able to, to cut through all that with the deeper issues at stake here, um, because there are human souls, eternal human souls that need to be discussed. There's a, a hopelessness and despair at issue here that people are experiencing and I think as a Christian organization, you know, we have a, a unique opportunity to look at some of those deeper layers. Right? Yeah, I don't think there's any question that um, people fall into their political sides. And it's easy. We're in the political space. It's easy to to only read articles that do that and, and to get lost in that. But we are a Christian organization and we do understand that. Um, there's a desperation for Christ in our culture. That's just what it is. There's a desperation for a savior. And we're just seeing the fallout in so many ways. And so I we need we need to be somebody needs to be out there talking about the deeper issues, not just the surface level um, battle cultural clash. Yeah, and at this conference I mentioned earlier, I thought one of the very important things that you were talking about is some of the fallout that we see from this false hope that we are offering people, especially our younger generation in the society. Talk to us about that for a little bit. Well, I mean, we can't ignore what's going on with the fact that we have, I mean, one of the, one of the things I mentioned was just um, this idea of death by despair. We have mm -hmm. more deaths by despair, which people consider is either suicide or we've numbed our pain with addiction. We're offering kids alcohol, drugs, you know, people are gambling their way away. And then women, this is the hardest one, the teen 
girls that find themselves in an unplanned pregnancy are being offered abortion as their solution. These are all forms of false hope. They are all things that pe people are told is a solution. And transgenderism, too, is very much the idea that you're in a you're you're in a situation where you're struggling. If you just change your gender, it will solve all your problems. And we know it doesn't. Yeah. All that discomfort you're feeling internally, like you're not connected or you don't fit in. If you just change your gender, you, everything's going to work out for you. You're going to feel better. I mean, that, that is such a dangerous message. Yeah. And I think um, our girls are just trapped in hearing all these messages and, and boys too, to other, to, in other degrees, but it just leaves a sense of um, there's some kind of material way to solve your problems. And then you end up empty at the end because there's a spiritual need mm -hmm. to fill a hole with Jesus Christ that is not being met. Mm -hmm. And it's, there's no other way around that. And so we we find just desperation and yeah. acts of desperation, as we saw here. Yeah. I just think that's so very important. Um, as we see kind of in the spin cycle, there's people that want to force us into the whole us versus them thing with uh, the coverage, the news coverage. But as Christians, I think the best thing we can do is be holding out that hope and point. And that doesn't mean we shy away from the real facts because we need to expose the darkness of the false the false hope that's being held out here. Well, to that point, you know, it's just been interesting. The media has seemed very conflicted about how they are covering this. I don't know if there's some genuine confusion going on with them and the facts or just, you know, they're getting a little messed up with the agendas and try to reconcile that. What have you noticed about that? Yeah, it's really hard to say what's going on. But the facts we know are that there's a biological female born biologically female with the name Audrey apparently went by Aiden, he, him, in some context. There's even a Twitter account that was deleted to this effect. There are friends that attest to this. Um, and so in normal circumstances, you'd think they'd just describe this person as a transgender individual. But instead, what we're seeing a lot of are weird ways to describe it. So I saw something where they said this person was living as a transgender. I've just never heard that terminology. This morning, I read an article that said um, the way they phrased it was someone can use a different name and have different pronouns and not be transgender because it's fluid. And that might have just been wow. a season. And I'm thinking, wow, this is very confusing for the average person. Um, and normally, when there is a different name, so if someone has transitioned and used a different name, normally, they, they, the media would never use the old name. That would be considered dead naming. You would never use Audrey in this case because that's offensive in the transgender community. And yet we're seeing almost exclusively the use of the word of the name Audrey. So it's a very interesting thing. And I can't say whether they're genuinely confused or they don't want to own that this is part of her identity. But the irony of it is identity is everything on the left, right? I mean, sexual identity or your gender is like who you are yeah. almost to exclusion of other things. And so the irony that this is sort of confusing and they're not really claiming it, I think is very because, strange. Because normally you would be villainized for not uh, sticking. Lockstep in line yes, with what this strictly. person claimed. Yeah. And um, and so that is very surprising and confusing. Um, now, I, I, the other thing that I think is relevant and needs to be you know, noted is that the, there have been three very significant uh, mass shootings that involve transgender individuals. So um, obviously this one, um, the one in Aberdeen was a transgender, a female transitioning to a male. And then also in Denver, this person was considered themselves trans, I think now goes by being binary, non-binary or something like that. Um, so we've got this situation where there have been several of these. Now, I, I want to be really clear what we're, we're not saying that because someone is transgender, they're at a higher risk of doing something unsafe. That's not what we're trying to say here. There have been plenty of shootings by straight men, uh, you know, just there have been tons of other situations that we can't that we would never want to jump to that. But what I am saying back to the point that we were making 
is that these folks are being offered false hope in transitioning their gender and as if that's going to solve the problem. But they're obviously not hopeful or they wouldn't go do this. They are clearly still in a lot of angst. Absolutely. So this is a pretty devastating thing. And these facts are relevant because we'd love society to start addressing this idea that we're handing out false hope and really harming people in the process. Yeah. Well, if you would like your friends and family to hear more of a hopeful perspective or get more at the deeper issues behind all this in the midst of just all the craziness that's out there right now, please do share this podcast so they can hear a biblically-minded perspective, kind of kind of look at what happens when you offer things outside of God's plan, because God has a plan for us that, where he wants the best for us. He wants us to thrive. And when we are construing things and offering things outside of that, we are going to see chaos in our society. So you can share the YouTube link. Uh, there's also the audio-only podcast on Apple. Just make sure that um, you help us get this more redemptive and hopeful perspective out there. Well, back to what we were talking about with the false hope that's offered out there. We've seen, we've witnessed at the Family Foundation the real harm that comes from this. Tell us a little bit about that, what we've seen here. Well, I mean, just an example, we've talked a lot on the show about Sage's Law and what happened when a young girl was offered hope in gender transition and adults offered her all sorts of false hope and she still went looking for something else and was all sorts of harm in that story. And so we generally, so many of these issues come down to adults who don't know true hope offering to kids something that is a a false alternative. Yeah. And that's why you get all these conflicting messages out there, people trying to solve problems with band-aids. I will just mention one of the really confusing messages that we saw flooding the airwaves out there Um, And that was one from an activist group called the Trans Resistance Network. And they put out this media statement that talked about that there were really two tragedies happening here. Um, I'm just going to let you know what they said. They said the first tragedy was the loss of life among the adults and children in the school. But then they said the second, I'm going to quote this, quote, the second and more complex tragedy is that Aiden or Audrey Hill who felt he, they're, they're using the transgender pronoun, he had no other effective way to be seen than to lash out by taking the life of others and by consequence himself. And then it goes on to list the hardships and discrimination uh, transgender people are facing. Um, and then they conclude, hate has consequences. Victoria would. Yikes. Um, hate has consequences is incredibly close to making it sound like other people are to blame for what happened. Um, That is alarming. And it makes you wonder, does being Christian just instantly equal hate? I mean, this is a Christian school. Um, We have no evidence that they treated this person in any way harmful while she went to school there. In fact, she was functioning as a female, and that's witnessed by the headmaster, or not the headmaster, the teachers that are there talking about the headmaster and the child and the people that were there. I mean, the idea that just because this was a Christian school that they hate is concerning, should concern every Christian. It means whether you are the most loving person in the world, they're assuming that you, because you might have a biblical standard on sexuality, have hate. Yeah. And I I have to say here, one thing that's disturbing is I thought we had this, um, we're trying to have a pattern of not glorifying these murderers. Um, You know, you have a lot of media now taking a stance that you shouldn't even name the person. And if, you know, this seems to be kind of offering justification um, and doing the opposite of that. And I, I think there is a danger here of, of f- 
feathering in people's minds that if I do something like this, there is a segment of society that will set me up as a, a martyr and um, and, I, and my name will be continued in that way. So I, I feel like we're this is kind of conflicting the whole thing we've been hearing from the media over and over that we're going to stop glorifying these people. There's simply a lot of things about the coverage of this tragedy that should be considered alarming and we sh- that is different than how we've covered other tragedies. And again, it's it's skewing the reality of the lifelong consequences that we see happening when we offer false hope um, or we're, we're saying consequences, but we're ignoring all the real consequences that come from generations of being told lies. And these are consequences that our youth are facing right now. And I just want to mention one stat here, um, data that the CDC just recently put out. I mean, this is pretty incredible, really. Um, 30% of U.S. teen girls say they are contemplating suicide, suicide ideation, Um that's up nearly 60% from a decade ago. And it's not just a small survey. I think they surveyed some 17,000 high schoolers. I got to say, this is not terribly surprising because we're also seeing, um, and this this is appearing in, in data as well, just total disillusionment by American adults, right? So um, I was looking at a study that was just released. It was a Wall Street Journal study research that they did in conjunction with the University of Chicago. And it was a nonpartisan research organization and all that. But basically, it was a very, very disturbing look at how the principles that used to unite Americans are now slowly disintegrating. Um, so let me just walk through this study a little bit with you because um, here's what here's an example of what it said. It said that about 39% of respondents said religion was important to them. That's down from 62% about 25 years ago in 1998. Uh, that's a dramatic change in that. We also saw the same type of decline when people answered the question about how important to them is is the issue of patriotism is it you know is that an important value for you that is down to 38% from originally 70% about 29 25 years ago in 1998 so um, these are pretty troubling statistics and i think the one as a family organization the one i have to mention that maybe bothered me I guess they all bothered me of equal terribleness. But um, the other one that is down is, is do you value raising children? And that fell to, from 59% to 30% in the new poll. So like a third of our society are the only people that value raising children, according to this. Um, and I, I think, you know, this is this is troubling. And then the, the, the other one that can't be ignored because – um, it's been, you know, it's been a topic. It's a topic that comes up when we talk about mental health a lot. Yeah. But um, people were asked how they value community involvement, connection to your community. And that fell from 62% to 27%. So that's incredibly alarming. And yeah. that that fall um, is actually just in the last couple yeah. of years. So that was actually trending up for a lot of that 25-year period that they studied. And then mm-hmm. it crashed in, it started coming down in 2019. So 2019 to 2023 is a massive drop in whether people value community. Yeah. I mean, think about that. Just 27% think community involvement is important. You're talking a lot about a, a lot of isolation, disconnection. And we know from other studies that when people feel separated, disconnected, they are going to have more angst and more mental health issues. I definitely think this is a bigger part of the picture here. Um, But I did appreciate the commentary on Fox News with um, Kaylee McEnany 
And Harris Faulkner, let's just uh, listen to that clip real quick. The fentanyl overdoses, the one in three girls that are committing, are considering suicide, um, the social media addictions, all of the maladies that are plaguing a generation. And you've got to believe this has something to do with the deterioration of faith, of family, of country. You know, I was reading recently, uh, and I knew that a number of churches had closed. 4,500 Protestant churches closed in 2019. Wow. Um, according to the latest data available, 3,000 new churches opening. Um, but that's out of balance. And, you know, the lockdowns during the pandemic didn't help. I mean, you could, and you often hear me say this, you could have alcohol delivered to your front porch. You could go to a weed dispensary, not for medical needs. Um, I, I, know, I can't help but notice that she talked about churches closing down. And um, we knew that was a big factor in people's lives. And that's why I'm... I'm I'm actually pleased to report we've at least done something about that here in Virginia. Um, we actually just had the governor sign our essential churches bill, which we've talked about on this show before. But the concept is if we ever have a pandemic again, we're not going to have a situation where the alcohol, the false hope, the alcohol stores are open and the churches are closed. You know, if we if we think false hope should be available, we certainly need to make sure people can get their souls fed. Yeah. Churches are as essential or more essential than the local alcohol store. That's hopefully this uh, new law. Has we hope we never that. have to go through this again, but we want to make sure that we don't have a governor that has such confusion that we're living yeah. in that situation again. So I hope other states will think about doing the same. But um, I did want to mention another one from this poll that's super interesting, and that is there is a value from liberals, you know, that has been traditionally cherished by liberals on here that has fallen drastically. I really think it's one of the most drastic plummets we've seen, and that is appreciation for tolerance. Um, it says that it's gone from 80% to 58% in just four years. That, that's pretty noteworthy. Yeah, and I, I hate to say it, I think we're seeing it. We're seeing it play out everywhere. Um, so, I think that sums up the civility issue we have. Yeah, yeah and I, I'll note, you know, I think a lot of people feel like this indoctrination that we're having in our education systems and not only high schools, but college, that people, they don't see it happening. So they just kind of assume that it's it's really doesn't have that much impact. It's kind of intangible to them. But actually, when you do generations of that, you start accumulating that over 40 years or maybe even longer. Um, we are seeing the fallout of that. This This is coming home to roost now. I don't think there's any question. And I have to note, because we're talking about this survey, I have to mention one more value that uh, you brought up, tolerance. The only value that appears to have grown, <laughs> which is really, I don't know, I just put it in the very disappointing category, is we apparently value money more than we ever did before. Surprise, surprise. So um, our value, our, the number of people that call that very important is 43%, and it used yeah. to be 31% uh, 25 years ago. So Yeah, and, and I'll note, I, I think this research was done, maybe, I think you said 2021. So it wa it wasn't just because we're maybe going into a recession right now. Oh, yeah, right no, now. no, this, this, this is, is a trend. This yeah, is, this you can watch, they actually show every year, you can actually look at the trend lines, and it's just unfortunate that uh, yeah. apparently we value tolerance less and money more, and we value religion less, religion less and family left and less, that, and yeah. That's sad. Yeah. Well, I do want to go back or just kind of stick on this tolerance point for a moment because you said something during a staff prayer meeting the other day that I think is very important to talk about. And that is that we really are seeing an acceleration 
in not only a cultural clash, but a spiritual clash going on in this country right now. And I feel like after this Christian school shooting, it really went into overdrive. Yeah, it's hard to, to, to ignore the fact that we're seeing more of these kinds of things. And I mean, I'll just, uh, you know, make some points here. Uh, you know, one of them, for example, that we saw right around this tragedy is this whole idea that there was a day of vengeance uh, that 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 was put out on uh, Twitter, at least. And there were all these messages around this day of vengeance. And it was related to transgender issues. And I, I'm, I'm telling you, we're, we need to be careful with the words we use. Um, yeah. You know, vengeance, revenge. Um, it's a very alarming thing. We obviously saw that in the abortion issue when all the pregnancy centers had the Jane's revenge. You know, we're you yeah, know we're going to come point. after you. I mean, it, but but you know, you see that, and you see. Um, I have to note this this thing that came out from the press secretary of Arizona's governor, who thankfully was forced to resign, but basically put out uh, a, a tweet. Um, and it said, us when we see transphobes. And it was accompanied by an image of a movie actress holding two revolvers. Yeah. Um, so we're using guns and violence in our imagery, yeah. talking about our dislike about other people. So I, honestly, my concern is it's not just um, cultural and spiritual. I feel like it's it's getting to a violence thing yeah. um, that's very alarming. And and we saw it even locally here. I, I have to note, you know, this this in the same week we're dealing with all these these things we also had pro-life speakers go to our local university here vcu and they simply tried to share a message and i mean it was a full-on physical attack mm. by protesters and there was actual um an actual assault file uh, that had happened that was yeah. filed with the police i mean this was they had to be moved into protection this is a problem um yeah. where we can't even have free speech on college campuses yeah. like we can't even share ideas without violence yeah, I think you do see this steady progression, one thing building on another. It starts with the ripping apart of the fabric of our society, our basic institutions that people used to unite around. And then it goes into the escalated, heated, irresponsible rhetoric, and then it spills over into the physical. Yeah, so what what might your, you know, we've we've said a lot today. What is your hope coming out of this as to whether as a country we can take steps in the right direction. I know that's kind of a big question to throw at you, but um, what's your thought process on that right now? Well, I'm encouraged by revival that I see at places like Asbury yes. University Good and point. Baylor and places yes. that I'm seeing these college kids that are meeting Jesus. So that I take hope in. And then mm. I can't help but, but sort of as we wrap, uh, taking hope in what the pastor said. So this is the pastor of the church that goes with the school in Nashville yeah. who lost his own daughter. And this is... Uh, the quote that he said, he said, through tears, we trust that she is in the arms of Jesus who will raise her to life once again. Mm, it's beautiful. I also have to say, I loved what Al Mohler said on his um, podcast. I think it's called The Briefing, but he just talked about how even in this incomprehensible tragedy, we saw the hope and reflection of God's glory. Uh, we saw that in this head of the school that was willing to give her life protecting kids. We saw that in the courage of these young policemen who were willing to rush into the school and risk their lives. You know, I'm sure that was very stressful and frightening for them. We saw that in an example of Christian education being spotlighted in uh, outlets like the New York Times, where you could see the love of the educators and the families and the community for these kids and each other. So you know, let's not forget to look at the glimpses of glory we do get on this earth, that there is a reality, that God's kingdom will come, and, and we are um, leading to that point with our hope of redemption. On that note, I'll just say thank you for joining us 
today for Speak Up Virginia. Again, if you want to check out more details on things that we talk about, it's familyfoundation.org, and we'll see you next time.